Review podcast, where we review older television and movies, revisit, and maybe find some new favorites along the way. And of course, there's some snarky commentary. I can't help it, sorry. Um, <laughs> this time we are revisiting our dear friends the Henriksons and their suburban splendor. Um, with Big Love, Season 1, Episode 2, titled Viagra Blue. This originally aired on HBO March 19th, 2006. Wow, it does not seem like it was that long ago. Into the meat of this episode. If you have missed the Season 1, Episode 1 pilot, um, go back and find it in our feed, and you might want to listen to that first so you can kind of get caught up on where we are and what there is to know at this point about the Henriksen family. Um, just a quick recap, they are a polygamous family, mainstream, living in suburbia, in suburban Salt Lake City, and kind of trying to hide from the world the fact that they are polygamists. Good luck with that. Um, so this episode opens on just an idyllic picture of the three Henriksen homes in the suburbs. Um, it quickly gets a little raunchy where we join Bill and Marjean in bed and the noise is noted by Nikki and Barb, both who which you can tell on their faces, they're just appalled and just scandalized. Uh, and <laughs> Nikki makes the comment, oh, she sounds like a train whistle. In the aftermath of the morning's festivities, shall we say. Margie tells Bill that he's her blue-eyed boy. Meanwhile, Barb and Nikki continue to say how she is not being discreet, and what about the neighbors? What will they think? Somebody's going to find out something, and we'll just be scandalized. So Margie and Bill show up for the family breakfast, still in their robes, and Margie is noted to have a robe on that is not appropriate. It's extremely short. It's literally barely covering her buttocks. <laughs> So she, of course, is chastised by the other wives, and Nikki generously offers to talk to Bill about Margie's childish behavior. We didn't see Bill back at Margie's getting dressed. Nikki shows up and chastises him for cutting her days short and says Margie screams like a tractor trailer. Barb is deeply upset and jealous. Of course, Nikki is not. Barb is, right? She puts it on Barb. Nice projecting, Nikki. Um, Bill apologizes and... Then we see Margie coming up the stairs carrying a laundry basket and she stops abruptly at the top of the stairs when she hears Nikki and Bill together in her room, in her bed, and to top it off, she hears Bill calling Nikki his blue-eyed girl. Real smooth, Bill. Uh-huh. You would think that he would know better. I mean, the guy has three wives. I understand he may not have great boundaries, but... um. If you're going to have three wives, come on now, Bill. You need to have better boundaries with your own behavior. Uh, are you trying to cause problems? Isn't it enough having three wives? Anyways, so Margie gets upset, and she asks to borrow Nikki's car to grocery shop, and Nikki tells her no. We didn't see Bill in the office. He's talking to a consultant and tells him he took out a loan a few years ago and repaid it a few times over, and the guy won't go away. The consultant is surprised to find out the loan is from Roman Grant. And it lights up. You can see in this consultant's head the word polygamy is going off with a siren. 
Um, so Bill confesses to Ronnie the consultant that he needs all three of his houses protected. Quote, big family. And Ronnie says, oh, I see. So it's like, you know, say it without saying it. We didn't see Barb visiting a friend, and she asked where Vernie and Jojo are. And she says that Nikki is a trial and Margie is uninhibited. So we realize that this friend is also a fellow polygamist and understands the plight of a sister wife. Barb states that she's been married to Bill for 17 years, and Peg says that she has been married to Don, Bill's business partner, and says he flirts while he walks the floor of Home Plus. And she encourages Barb to consider antidepressants and states, don't worry, they're not addictive. We can see Bill come home that night, and Margie is asleep in the living room while her two small kids are in the pack-and-place screaming. She then begs Bill for a car and claims that he claims they have too many bills, and she pulls the shitty non-apology, you got your feelings hurt. Right. That's a way of just trying to put it on the other person, not apologizing. Nice try, though. We then go back to Bill's wonderful father, Frank. Hospital. And oh, but now he has visitors. Albie, who is Nikki's brother, and his father, Roman, quote, the prophet, they're there helping Frank drink some tea through a straw that was sent for him, and Roman tells him to pass a message to his son Bill that he needs to shape up, get in line, and he is not welcome on the compound property until he does. Very mob mentality, isn't it? <laughs> like, I'm sending a message through you. Um, so later that night, ooh, dinner guests. Don and his three wives, Peg, Vernie, and Jojo, are all... And all of their children have come to dinner. Oh, so you can, like, feel how there's a little bit of tension in the house. Marge is ignoring Nikki. She's still mad that Nikki wouldn't let her borrow the car. Um, and Don confides to Bill he's seen somebody. And Peg knows all about it. But the other wives agree to add another wife to the family. Barb sa Bill says that Barb still misses the LDS, the Latter-day Saints, or the Mormon Church, and he says his three wives are a full-time job, and he is not even thinking of a fourth wife, so I think he's kind of surprised that Don is considering a fourth. We then visit Ben, which is Bill and Barb's eldest son, and he is spending the night at the drive-in with his friends, and his date starts to get a little too handsy in the front seat. That's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> um, and then, but back home, we see that they have now moved from dinner to plain bridge, and two of Don's wives, Vernie and Jojo, are playing footsie under the table. What is that about? We see Marge having trouble learning the game, and you can tell she's flustered, and she's partnered with Nikki, and we see her purposely throw the game, and when Nikki gets upset, Marge just sits back with a blank look. Like, oh, sorry. And you get the feeling that Margie knew what she was doing. She was just flustered. And she just throws the game to get back at Nikki. And it's like, checkmate. I love it. We then see Bill again taking Viagra in the bathroom before laying down with Barb, who tells him to talk to Ben about sex because his new girlfriend is, quote, fast. Uh, yeah, we saw that in the car at the drive-in. Yikes. So early the next morning, he tells Barb he's picking up his father from the hospital and driving him back to the compound. 
We then see Sarah at work, and the new Mormon girl, Heather, is proselytizing again, but this time it's all about what she loves about the church, and what she loves is that they encourage you to volunteer. She tells everyone how she volunteers with transgender teens and is very open and accepting, and she says, quote, even when we don't approve of others' actions, I still think love is unconditional. Sarah finally confronts her about her digging and admits that her parents are polygamists. And Heather says she doesn't agree with polygamy. And Sarah says, well, neither do I. So then we see Bill picking up his father from the hospital. Um, yeah. <laughs> He's assisting his dad in getting dressed. And his dad is wearing the head-to-toe, you know, ankle, wrist uh, undergarments. Um, this seems to be a nod to the garments worn by mainstream Mormons. He always verbalizes that he thinks Bill's mother, Lois, is responsible for his poisoning. Bill starts to get upset with him, says he was a terrible father, terrible husband. His dad kicked him off the compound when he was 14. And his dad's like, hey, that's how it goes. So all the old men get the pretty girls. <laughs> Bill gets mad at him and rolls him out of the hospital in a huff. We then get to attend another weekly wives meeting. Ooh, meeting of the wives. Margie confronts Nikki, who initially lies about sleeping with Bill in Margie's bed, and then confesses when Margie con says that she saw them. She eventually tells Barb, who is shocked and, of course, scandalized. Too bad Mormon women don't wear pearls because they would spend a lot of time clutching them. I'm sure there are some who do, but I've yet to see one in the show. Um, and, of course, Nikki quickly changes the subject to home repairs. Bill is aggressively driving his father home from the hospital and is followed again once he hits the compound until Albie, Nikki's brother, cuts them off. Frank jumps out of the car and says, thanks, I'll walk home. And Bill is thrilled to death to leave him and head home to his suburban life. As Bill finally returns to suburbia, he prays and asks God to guide him back to the path of righteousness. He then walks into Margie's house and tells her they are living sacrifices to live the principle and tells her she's a valued member of the family. What happened with Nikki was a mistake and it won't happen again. Okay. I will give Bill kudos here. That was an appropriate apology. Um... I wish it would have included a I statement, like what I did was inappropriate, and I apologize. But it was close enough. Okay, I'll give him partial credit for that apology. And it wasn't, you know, I'm sorry you got mad, so it's not like it was putting it on someone else. So, okay, I think we may have seen some growth from Bill. Intriguing. Margie responds with a tear but then asserts, I still need a car. <laughs> Good job, Margie. Get him while he's vulnerable. Lois is home writing and hears rocks hitting her home, and outside she finds Frank, newly discharged from the hospital, throwing rocks at her home. Frank is nothing if not immature. He's like a perpetual six-year-old. 
Then we see a sleeping Nikki, and Bill answers a phone call from his mother. And must I say, on his super cool, very modern flip phone. Don't forget, this is 2006. <laughs> this is pre-iPhone. Lois is irate and upset that he told his father that she was the one who poisoned him. She calls Bill a traitor and hangs up. As you recall, Bill never said that his mother tried to poison his father. His father made that assertion in the hospital room. So, nice. Again, his father's being very mature by blaming something on someone else. So, yet another fun drama-filled episode in Visit with Henriksen Family. After a quick break, we will come back for the drama recap. Okay, so just to update our dance cards here, and you do need a flow sheet once you get into all of these families. <laughs> so Bill is officially taking Viagra to keep up with demands of three wives. Um, Barb is frustrated with her sister wives, um, is a little shady as she likes to spy on them. And kind of, I get the feeling Barb always wants to have the upper hand. I know she is the first wife and kind of the head wife, head bitch in charge, if you will. Um, but I get the feeling that she tries to be all sweetness and light on the outside. But on the inside, Barb is a little shady and trying to keep on top of everything. Um... And she does, I think, have a friend in Peg because Peg is also the head bitch in charge in her household and the head wife, first wife. So she understands the demands and frustrations that can come with being a sister wife and being the first wife to be in charge of everything. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Nikki, well, Miss Nikki is a liar and manipulative and deceitful as usual. Um, I think it's hard because not being a sole wife, having to be a sister wife and share a husband, which kind of makes the husband the kind of center of the universe in some ways, um, can be hard. And I think you have to develop specific traits in order to thrive and survive in that culture. And don't forget, Nikki comes from a polygamous family, a polygamous compound. And so this is what she's seen her entire life. Women having to kind of skirt the system, do what they have to do in order to survive. So this is a way of life for Nikki and she knows nothing else. Miss Marjean, 
wants a car. Oh my God. And she's going to tell you about it at every opportunity. Um, and she is just thrilled that Bill has validated her place in the family. Um, and she really, I think, is starting to feel like a part of the family. Especially when he tells her she completed the family. I don't know, maybe he was just watching Mary, Jerry Maguire. She remains immature and really seems to be searching for her place in the family. Um, I think part of my Jean's problem is she's stuck in that house. You know, Barb has her kids, but she also works part-time as a teacher, so she has a career outside of the house. Nikki, you know, has her house and her kids, but she also has her large extended family in the compound. So they each have their escape. Margie has her kids and nothing. We have yet to meet any family on Margie's side. Here of any family, Margie does not have a job. She has nothing else in her life. And she's insecure about where she is in the family. And the family is all she has. So we'll see. Um, ben, the eldest son of Barb and Bill, um, you can see him struggling. It's a classic teenager trope. Um, you know, he wants to do the right thing, do what he's been taught, in this case, straight true to his Mormon morals. You know, polygamist, I guess, morals. Um, and then his friends who are a little more liberal in especially the girlfriend who likes to push boundaries. So I think Ben is very conflicted, and we'll see uh, how that plays out for him, I am sure. Sarah, um, the eldest daughter of Bill and Barb. Um, it seemed like she was a little relieved that she finally came out to Heather at work about her parents being polygamous and the fact that she doesn't agree with it. Um, Heather does genuinely seem to want to be friends with Sarah. Um, I just don't know how much you can trust her yet. Don't forget, her dad is a um, state trooper. So, you know, her dad could be one of the people that would be arresting Sarah's parents for being polygamous. So, yeah. And how much does Heather want to kind of keep from her parents to be friends with Sarah? I don't know. We shall see. Roman Grant, the quote-unquote prophet, he's still attempting to scheme and play chess with Bill, just trying to get paid for his investment in the first Home Plus store. Don't forget he thinks he is owed a cut of the second store. But seeing him at Frank's bedside in the hospital, send your son a message, that's very mob. Uh... Yeah, I'm Italian, and I can smell mob bullshit from a mile away. So that's definitely a mob mentality. Interesting. I don't know. Do you think Roman Grant, like, sits down in his little prairie dress, you know, with his wife and her little prairie get up next to him, and they sit in the middle of the night with it on really low? They have, like, a contraband TV that nobody's supposed to have. But he's sitting there watching The Godfather and The Sopranos. You think he thinks he's like Tony Soprano on the inside? 
there's a thought to mull over. <laughs> so Bill's dad, Frank, he's still the resident curmudgeon. He's going to be. He's like a six-year-old curmudgeon. Crazy. He's absolutely convinced Lois tried to kill him. Um, don't forget, he had arsenic poisoning per the hospital. <sighs> Maybe if anybody in the world has a reason to kill him, it would be Lois, because he has not been the greatest husband, person, individual in general to her. But I need evidence. I listen to way too many true crime podcasts to not want evidence of a crime here. And so far, I'm not seeing any evidence that Lois has actually attempted to kill him. So find me the evidence and then I'll suspect Lois. A review. Um, I'm really enjoying rewatching Big Love um, episode by episode and kind of dissecting it a little more than I did the first time I watched it when it first aired. Um, and join me next time when we move on to episode three. And in the meantime, we'll also review some movies. We aim to find the older, sometimes forgotten about TV and movies, rewatch them, pick them apart a little bit. Um, so please send, leave us a review, subscribe. Um, if you have any ideas on any shows or movies that I should be watching, send me an email at retrocinemareviewpod at gmail.com. It's to say, come sit next to me. Bye.